Good afternoon, church family. It is good to be with you again this afternoon. Uh, I say hello to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining me uh, for this week's manna. We're going to be looking at uh, the book of First Thessalonians chapter 2, and I want to read uh, several verses here, kind of give us a little bit of context there so we will be uh, prepared for Sunday's uh, worship and certainly for uh, the scripture lesson for that day. Uh, let me firstly, though, open up with a word of prayer and then we will begin. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we open up your word, Lord, uh, we pray the Holy Spirit upon it. Lord, give us clarity, Lord. Uh, give, Lord, our uh, minds and certainly our hearts, Lord, uh, that clarity as well. Holy Spirit, just to open up the ears of our hearts, Lord, so that we might receive from your word what you are guiding us and instructing us and moving us toward this day and every day. Glory be to your name. And we ask this now and always. In Jesus we pray. Amen. So, uh, church, I want to turn uh, for our lesson this day at the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 2. And I, I had initially picked verse 4, but what I want to do is read verses 1 through 4, and then I want to unpack a, a couple of things here that I think is important to give us some context here. So th this is about the Apostle Paul's conduct. Chapter 2, verse 1. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not done in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanliness, nor was it in deceit. Verse 4, But as we have been approved by God, to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Let, let, let me particularly say this last part of verse 4 here, and that's really where I want to go uh, in Sunday's sermon. He says here, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, for, for this time that we have together, let me, let, let me take uh, the first three verses here, kind of give us a little bit of context, uh, and then move uh, move from there to something that struck me about about this uh, this text as well. So uh, Paul Paul is offering really a, a, a witness, uh, an account of uh, his own life, his ministry, uh, his faith. what what we need to understand about this, uh, text too is that his preaching is under some criticism. Okay, uh, as as he mentions here, uh, 
essentially the, the the church is having its differences it's in it's in turmoil there was uh, criticism uh, brought to Paul and, and let me let me just kind of speak to that answering criticism of his motives for preaching Paul asserted that he used the truth and not error that his motives were in fact pure not from uncleanliness but his presentation was in sincerity and not in deceit. A word used also of a fishing lure to then catch fish, suggesting, in fact, trickery. In contrast to his criticisms, Paul asserted that he and his co-workers were, in fact, approved messengers, missionaries shown by testing uh, to be in fact genuine now, now let me let, let me just kind of build uh, on that a bit and kind of give us a, a little uh, more background here so Paul's secondary journey included a brief but turbulent stop in Thessalonica his four-week visit on the way from Philippi resulted uh, in a church but Thessalonica proved to be a hostile environment for the gospel. Not only did Paul and Silas have to leave the city prematurely, but their opponents followed them and created problems uh, from that point on. And, and that, that text, by the way, if you're interested in kind of getting that background, comes from the book of Acts, 16th chapter, beginning with verse 35 through the 17th chapter, verse 15. So the Thessalonian experience illustrates a key aspect of the spread of the gospel. The truth takes root then, now watch this, in resistant soil. Let me say that again. The truth takes root in resistant soil. A lot of times we can't see that. It, it, it's so murky. It's so divided. It's so resistant. We, 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 don't, we don't know. We, we don't understand that, in fact, the gospel's taking root. Let me continue here. When the tempter cannot prevent the good news from bringing life to someone, his tactic changes in order to make the young Christian then ineffective. Pressure and persecution are inevitable. inevitable. They may come camouflaged as vague cultural disapprovals, or they may be, in fact, some kind of open hostility, but in one way or another, spiritual growth will always meet resistance. And, and, and I think about uh, the universal church, I, I think about the United Methodist Church, that resistance right now, anytime there is a, a very pointed and direct effort toward God toward the good news of Christ, there is going to be that resistance. So I thought, how relevant, how relevant that is. So given, given that, that background there, let, let, let me go back to the text and I want to I reread it and then focus on, uh, on verse 4. So 
For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. Okay, he, he's, he's kind of making the case. You know, I, I, I come with genuine intent here. But even after we had suffered before, and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. You see, there's, there's that resistance. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanliness, nor was it in deceit. Verse 4. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Okay, let's, let, let's unpack that here. Beginning again with verse 4, just, just some, some thoughts here as we're preparing uh, for worship for this text. But as we have been approved by God, okay? So, so I, th I think about, you, you, you know, Paul, Paul is wanting to uh, present the truth, the truth of Christ, the truth of uh, the gospel of the good news here. He's making the case, I, I'm not doing this for for self-gain. I'm not trying to deceive you in any way. This is coming from a genuine place. Okay, approved by God. In a sense, he's saying, you know, I am an ambassador. I am a carrier of the word, a missionary in a, in a sense there. But as we have been approved by God, okay, he's legit, okay, to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Okay, one thing I want to tell you about worship, particularly the sermon at 1030, of course it's going to be for the entire congregation, but it's going to be tailored to our graduating seniors, both in high school and, uh, and in college too. So I really, really wanted to give them that message of focusing, concentrating, putting, putting their, their prayerful focus on pleasing God as they go forth and start this new chapter in their lives. What, one, thing, one thing that I want to spend some time talking about, though, uh, this afternoon is where he says, okay, uh, not pleasing men, but God, okay. Okay, very straightforward here. But but then in this in this latter part of verse uh, four, it says this: "Who tests our hearts? Who tests our hearts?" You 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 know. Anytime I think of uh, the word test, I, I hear that word test. I, I cringe, right? And I know that that probably comes from from childhood. You you know, a test is coming. So there's that building uh, of of angst. Hey, you know, am I gonna pass the test? Maybe maybe that's the same uh, for you. Okay. So test you 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 get you get this cringy feeling. Okay. So so biblically speaking. Uh, let me let me just talk a moment about uh, test God testing us God 
testing the heart here and what what Paul is saying. So yes, does God test us? Absolutely. But but let me let me bring some some clarity to that because there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, negative uh, and just downright bad theology about God testing us and and what that means. So so I do want to bring some clarity. So does God test us? Yes, absolutely. We we can look through look through the word of God and find plenty of biblical evidence uh, to God testing us. However, however let, let let me let me just clarify this. God tests us, but God does not send for instance calamity. Uh, sickness okay and, and, and wanting to to then blight humanity with that in such a way to test us because think about it those very things as a product okay of uh, a sinful world that we live in as a product of the fall of creation those very things uh, mass shootings uh, calamities, some kind of terminal illness. Those things are the very things that what? Okay, they uh, they 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 steal our our health. They they ultimately kill us. They they destroy us. So there's a big difference between God testing and what is a direct result from the fall. Of man, so wanted to clarify that. So, so let me go to the Hebrew and give you a word that you need to know. Okay, the Hebrew word for test, bacham, bacham. Let me spell that: b a c h a n. Okay. Think of bacham or testing as simply this: to examine. Okay, to examine. And biblically speaking, we can see this. And, and the, one, the one example that, that, that comes to mind immediately is Abraham being tested. So w- what does that mean, biblically speaking? To examine, okay? To examine the heart. So biblically speaking, when God tests us, or right here in... This uh, first part of chapter 2, God tests our hearts. Biblically speaking, when God is testing our hearts, He wants to see if our faith is real. He wants to see if our faith is genuine. We say it. But is it something that we truly and actually believe? Are we living it when we are tested, given the fallen, broken world that we live in? Because think about it like this. When the fall happened, think of paradise that God gave us. Everything was perfect. When the fall happened, think of it as a rift. Brokenness 
entered into that relationship. What happened because of that? Well, number one, we know that a spiritual death then happened. Adam and Eve, of course, were cast out of paradise, of Eden. From that point on, what was promised was a redeemer, you see. But there was this rift, there was this divide, there was this brokenness. Throughout Scripture, we, we, see, we see evidence of that in God's Word of that brokenness. You and I see and read and experience that rift, that brokenness, even in this day. Okay, We are tested, ultimately. What are, what are, how and for what reason are, be, are we being tested? Is our faith genuine? Are we just saying it or are we really and actually believing it? So, bachan, to examine that faith. Okay? Is it tried and true? Is it real? So, be thinking about that as we move into uh, this, uh, this lesson for uh, Sunday. What, what I want to focus on for Sunday is the major difference between pleasing God and pleasing man. And what that means for life this day. It, it, it's, it's one thing to say it, but are we doing it? And are, are we actually living it? So I'll stop there for this day. Let me offer a word of prayer for us, please. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we put prayer, Lord, to this day. We put prayer, Lord, to uh, the, the, the trials in our, in our own lives, oh God. Uh, it is, Lord, a test. It is a test to just live life, Lord, because there are so many things that distract us, so many things, oh God, that can weigh us down, that can ultimately defeat us. What 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 are we what are we doing with those things? Are are we are we letting them beat us up in this life? Are are we letting uh letting those those tests, those trials Oh God, ultimately defeat, Lord, our uh, very spirits and willingness to uh, believe, Lord, and to uh, have you intervene and, and work a mighty miracle in our lives. We all, Lord, have tests. Lord, we all have tests. I, I want us to think of every test ultimately as a way of spiritually examining where we are at in this life, where we are in our relationship to you, to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God. For this matters. It, it, is, it is absolutely spiritually necessary, Lord, that whatever may come our way, Lord, that we can ultimately turn to you. Turn our faces to you, Scripture says, and you will turn to us. Guide us, Lord.
Direct us. Heal us, oh God, when we need healing. Lord, let us know that there is always hope. Lord, there is always a reason to live life to the very fullest, to live abundantly, Lord, in you. Not in self, but in you. So guide us and direct us. We ask this now and always in the healing name of Jesus Christ. Amen.